Alright, alright, alright. This is another episode of Annotated. Um, in this week's roundup, we're going to talk about Ezokan, Toilet Bound Hanako-kun, Magical Record, uh, In... Inspector. Oh my god, I just realized it sounds like Inspector, but Spectre. In Inspector. Oh my god. Okay, I'm an idiot. Whatever. That's dope. I just realized that. And uh, a certain scientific railgun. And my feature today will be about fucking Babylon. So, first off, let me just say the reason why this episode's late is because when I tried to record previously, I forgot to hit the record button. This is the second time I've done it, and uh, last night I got a little way too faded, and then like I couldn't even, and then when I tried to record again, I, I, I couldn't, I like knocked the fuck out. I was like, oh yeah, I'm spinning, I can't do this. But I'm here now, fams, and we're gonna get started with our weekly roundup. All right, so the first, first thing I'm gonna talk about is Ezekin episode two and three, and just just to be really quick, um, the girls get a clubhouse, and but the one thing is they're they're kind of broke as fuck. And episode two kind of dives into them, just finding old stuff for them to be using uh, for them to use in their uh, new broken down ass shack. Uh, they come across animation equipment, and and by the end of the episode, the girls end up getting money when an entertainment company pays for like a video that Saiga recovers, uh, that records of Midori falling and like injuring herself, and like that shit gets sold to like a oh, a weird entertainment company. And so, like, I mean, whatever, man, money's money, right? Saiga's like turning out to be one of my favorite characters because she's like the pragmatist of the group. And when like when episode, with that money they invest into psycho and says like dude we should really just clean this place up and so subami and midori go on this like random ass adventure like either what i like about the show is that midori and subami go on these weird mental journeys in a kind of a way that kind of reminds me of doug and doug always has these weird imaginary scenes in his head well anyways like this time they thought they were like repairing a spacecraft and shit like that so they're they're the girls are now giving a goal in this episode, and which is they have to develop a short, just so they can uh, achieve funding for their project, and they have less less than two months to do it. Subami voices her opinion about making something great, but Sayaka like kind of keeps her to the uh, keeps her grounded, saying like, you know, this is just tests. Uh, we can't do anything like too fancy. Like as long as it's like presentable, and like that we have potential. Like the faculty and the student council will like provide funding for the group. And you know this is like the first conflict we actually see between the girls, because like a difference of ideas. Like Subami wants to animate something realistic rather than um, do like a tank explosion, and then like Midori wants to do the tank explosion because that's like her jam. But yeah, and uh, Subame wants to do more realistic stuff. So Sayaka, like, actually, like, her thought process in her head was actually pretty interesting to me because she's pretty rational in her decision making. Like, she says, like, she doesn't want to damage Subame's motivation. She still recognizes that by only doing realistic movements, it's not going to sell well. So she makes a compromise. Like, all right, we're just going to have... Um, her and uh, Midori make a compromise with Subami saying like, okay, we're going to have 
a schoolgirl fight a tank, and they come up with some like crazy scenario. And like by the end of it, they have a it's a they come with like the short, which is going to be a schoolgirl with a machete and a gas mask fighting a tank in like a Attack on Titan Survey Corps movement kind of thing. And that one, that whole process was actually really sick. And also, I just want to give like a shout out to Ezoken's opening music and ending song. I think it's like one of the best this season. All right. Toilet Bound Hanakokun, episode two and three, Nene Yashiro is such a great optimistic maiden. Like, I really love her. Like, everything for her is always a lovey-dovey situation, even though she probably knows like she's being used. Either way, like, she's like, uh, this episode that deals with the Yosei-san urban legend, which is like an aberration, uh, which is an oddity that misplaces things and makes things reappear. Kind of like the whole thing when you lose your shit and then like, not lose your shit, but you know, like you lose your stuff or you misplace your stuff. And like in Japan, like for them, that's the Yosei-san. Uh, Hanako tasked Nene with helping her clear the rumors of the Yosei spirit because in reality, it's actually not that harmful. And like Hanako, Hanako Kun is in charge of all the the oddities in, in the school. So... And one of his jobs is if one of those oddities, like, gets murderous, he has to deal with it. So he try he gets Nene to go around and spread the rumor that actually Yosei-san's not that bad. Meanwhile, we are introduced to a new character called Minamoto, and I think I think this is the younger brother of the person that Nene had a crush on. Like, I'm twenty percent sure. But yeah, and it turns out the Minamoto family is a family of exorcists. So he's he looks like like a fun addition to the group, like a adorable kohai kind of thing or try hard kohai. So for the third episode, uh, Nana's friend Aoi gets spirited away. Like Aoi is that girl from like the previous episodes that kind of just tell Nene like, "Oh, did you hear about this rumor or did you hear about that rumor?" And then, uh, yeah, so Nene, Hanako, and Ko travel to the fourth stair, which is like that urban legend where you don't step on the fourth stair, something bad's going to happen to you. And that urban legend originates from the fact that the fourth stair in Japanese is counted as like yon or she, and she sounds very similar to death. So that's the, that's the reason why they say don't step on it. It's kind of similar to how like, in the U.S., there's no 13th floor in the hotel because it's just an unlucky number. So when they enter the spirit world, Nene, Nene Hanako, and Ko go there in hopes of trying to find Aoi, like trying to help Nene find Aoi, but they end up helping this ghost named Masaki, and that's kind of like where the episode stands out. And like she's there, she's tasking, and like Misaki is like tasking the group to help find her body parts. So, Magical Record, one of my favorites this season. Uh, we get a sneak peek into the other patients that are in Ui's room, Toka and Nemu, and like you could definitely tell they're they're a lot smarter than like regular kids. And it shows like Ui is a kind of very similar to her sister, like just kind of wanting to keep everyone grounded and trying to like ease the situation, the tension between those two characters who are who are kind of like polar opposites. Uh, Iroha, in this episode, Iroha meets up with uh, the uh, like a 
messy hair version of Momoko and Reina in order to find Kaede because uh, in episode two, Kaede gets taken by the chain witch after Kaede and like Reina stop being friends. And Iroha also meets the coordinator in this episode who looks like... I don't know how to describe her because I keep trying to compare it to the original Madoka, but I know this one's... The rules in this city is completely different. But she seems to be like the main person the magical girls go to like for, I guess, either help or advice or something like that. Like She's like their guide. So in this episode, we kind of get a deeper dive into Reyna's character. And I actually didn't know it was going to be this dark. Um, we get hints of her wish to Kyube, which is... She, like, you, it's kind of, like, subtle, or maybe not too subtle, but Reyna says, like, she doesn't like herself. Like, that's why her ability to transform to other people is, like, pretty dominant, because she wants to be like other people, because she doesn't like herself. She hates herself, and, like, it, it is a pretty heavy topic, and, like, something you wouldn't imagine in a Magical Girl series, but... But the good thing is, like, Reyna and Kaede make up at the end. And even though Reyna does it in her own Sundere way, it's still cute. And by the end of episode 3, Reyna uses her ability to check up on uh, Satomi Hospital, where Yui was staying at. And they do confirm that, you know, even though no one knows who Yui is... People, uh, they know that um, Nemu and Toka got discharged from there. So I think that's where they're going to head to next. So in the next episode, we're introduced to Tsuru no Yui. She's like the self-proclaimed mightiest magical girl. Like she's the fire one. And she helps Iroha start chasing rumors. And along the way, they uh, Tsuru no recruits uh Yachiro Nanami to or Nanami she recruits like Nanami to help him with the the rumor investigation and we we get really subtle hints about Iroha in this uh episode like she can communicate with little QB like like little Kube is talking to her and somehow Iroha can understand but no one else can and then another thing too was that she has the ability to en enhance like other people's powers and then one more visual is that her soul gem is a little tainted so I I'm wondering what's Iroha hiding from everybody and it looks like Nanami and Su uh, Suruno were friends in the past but you know, I'm guessing Nanami is like one of those people who, since she's such a veteran uh, magical girl, she must know something. That's why she's kind of keeping her distance and like fighting solo. And again, for like this series, Magical Records visuals are super impressive in their own right. You know, even without uh, Akiyuki Shinbo like being ahead of it. I mean, he's still part of the team, but he's not like the director this time. Um, there are so many little details that make me hit pause when I watch it. 
Also, can I just comment on Anami's fashion sense? Like, I know she's a university student, but they got outfits for her, man. Like, every outfit she wears that's not in her magical girl clothes, like, they're pretty fire. Just saying. And I wonder, like, what's preventing her from becoming a witch? Because she's already a university student, so I wonder how she's managed to keep her um, soul gem, like, so pure. All right. For the next series, it's going to be the first three episodes of Inspector. <laughs> Inspector. I want to, the way the more I say it, it's like stupidly funny to me. And I actually slept on this series. I know they were premiering it at AX 2019, but the, the synopsis didn't, you know, it, I didn't gravitate to what the show was about. But like after watching the first episode, I was like, damn, this, this show is actually pretty good. Uh, the main character is Kotoko, and she's a young woman who is missing her le- one of her legs and one of her eyes. And in exchange, she's called like the goddess of wisdom, and she can like mediate and communicate with like the supernatural and and yokai in the series. And then she's joined together with uh, a young man named Kuro, who, for some odd reason, the supernatural are terrified of him. And um, we don't actually find out until episode two that he was eating the flesh of some yokai and other supernatural beings. So I kind of want to know what his story is, but uh, he has the ability to regenerate himself and um, something else because uh, Kotoko says, well, if you've devoured a mermaid, you should be like young forever. But he said he devoured another um, supernatural being. So... That helps him age. So I wonder what that that being is. I actually really like the fact that this was a this is a heavy dialogue anime because in the first episode, I I think they purposely had to make some actiony scenes just to get like people to grab people's attention. But uh, by episode in two and three, it's like very very heavy dialogue, which is I like it. I mean, I really like heavy dialogue in anime, so. I think this show I'm definitely going to keep watching. Like, this is turning out to be, like, one of my favorite shows this season. Um, Also, in episode three, we come across Kuro's ex-girlfriend. Like, the one that kind of ran away from him. And I guess we kind of get a hint why. is because she noticed that Kuro had these supernatural abilities. And that when she saw a natural, um, when she saw a kappa, she noticed it was scared of Kuro. And then when she looked at Kuro, he had like these weird, like he pretty much had like a, I don't want to say demonic look on his face, but he had a, he had a look on his face that scared Saki away from him and which eventually led to their breakup. At first I thought the series was just going to be about Kotoko and Kuro. Well, I mean, this is only three episodes in, so maybe it might change. But I'm really glad they add Saki in because, you know, like kind of like the more the merrier. And I don't, and I think she would add a interesting dynamic to the group because already Kotoko is already trying to be with her because that was Kuro's uh, ex girlfriend. And I haven't caught up with Chihaya Fuyu yet. I will next time. I'm sorry. So I will skip that one this week and i'll go straight into railgun so in railgun we start in the middle of the daihase events uh, there's a lot of interesting that happens in this episode members of member are in the series and um uh, 
you know, we see we see Baba, which is in this like he was also in the season three of Index, but remember that this season of Railgun is before season three of Index, before the Battle Royale arc. And then we also see Zochi in this one. Uh, the reason why I had to look this up, but the reason why Satin and Zochi, like she was kind of familiar with Zochi, even though Zochi's rocking a new appearance. The reason why they know each other is because I think it was from one of the side stories in the novels. So that's why Satin was so familiar with like Zochi. It looks like Zochi's on a mission for something, and she just joined members. So yeah, again, this this is way before the the battle royale arc, and I think I'm pretty sure I don't have to go back to the episode, but I'm pretty sure she's talking to the professor in this one. So she has a plan. Also, another like I feel like there's like four different, three or four different stories going on right now. Like there's definitely Makoto's like her just participating in the events. The second is like what members doing behind the scenes, and third we see Misaki also doing something, and you know she kind of drops hints about what Mental Out does. I have a pretty good idea of it, but just like seeing it animated, like it made more sense to me, and it was a trip because she used that ability on one of the sisters because it looks like at the end of episode three she she did something to one of the the sisters. I'm not sure how many of my listeners have like caught up with this series, but I was really really I really liked the way they animated the scene between Misaki, Mikoto, and Toma because you could definitely they definitely dropped hints right away that um Misaki knew she knows Toma because she calls him Kami Joe and like you could see she was very, very quiet around him. Like and I know that gets explained in the second book series of like Index. So I I won't say anything, but there there's something nice that happens between the two. Like they they definitely know each other. And I was trying to find it, but I know that Toma mentions not by name, but he definitely mentions someone with um, the ability to affect memories in the first very first arc of index so i would have to check that out if i do i'll, I'll let you guys know what what episode and that's it for this bi weeks um roundup of anime i i'm not totally sure if i still want to do every two weeks or yeah bi-weekly but i'm just gonna keep it this way for now if i can dish out more content i will definitely do it weekly but i can definitely talk a lot more in this one so for this feature, I so the reason why I I waited so long to record this was because Babylon's twelfth episode came out, the final episode of the series, which actually came from last season, and I I'm just gonna call out Babylon right now, man. Like, what the fuck was that ending, dude? That triggered me so hard. I was super excited to see what Babylon was gonna what the climax of Babylon was going to be because we're I was ready for like all my answers or all my questions to be answered like I want to know about who I was what her power was what her connection with the suicide law is and the, the city and 
we got nothing. Like, major spoiler alert, we got absolutely nothing from this ending. <sighs> I was super disappointed. Like, I'm almost as disappointed as I was in Guilty Crown, but at least in Guilty Crown, I felt like they actually answered the questions. But in Babylon, they did not. They kind of just, like, left you hanging. Like, I, I still don't know what Ai's power is. I don't understand, like, what her whole involvement in the suicide law was. Like, it for me, it, it was never cleared. And the way that it ended, oh, my God. It was so stupid because... It's implied that he he killed himself. Like, he was already affected by Ai's power, and he shot himself. Like, I'm not saying this is, like, the perfect ending, but if it was me who, who had to write that, I would have... I would have done something a little bit more trippier. Like, I would have said, like, Ai is just, like, a figment of Zen's head or something like that. Like... Because I felt like, because a major theme in that series is to keep thinking about what justice is and what what it means to be right. And Zen was going on his journey, and like I really felt like he was good enough to find his answer to all this. Because you know, even I told him like, you know, I'm evil, so I want you to understand me. So what does this mean? Like, what does what does me being evil mean? And. <laughs> You know, I I didn't like the answer he came up with. Like, he said, to be good is to continue. To be evil is to end. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like, and if Zen is dead, that means he was evil and I is good? Like, it was super unclear. That's what I hated about Babylon. Like, it's... Like, for Guilty Crown, because I hate Guilty Crown too, it was just a poor ending... But with Babylon, it was just poorly written at the end. Like, it was super triggering. And I don't know why a lot of animes have shitty endings. Like, really. Like, I think I, I saw this in the Sayonara Sensible Sensei uh, clip. That they they make fun of, like, Japanese storytelling. They're like, yeah, our, our beginnings and intro and middles are really good. But Japanese people can't write shit for endings. Like... I don't know which episode of uh, Sayonara Sensible Sensei that was, but if someone knows what it is, please tell me. So that's it for this week's episode. Um, kind of short, but I'm still narrowing down my animes. And since it's like the end of January, like most of them already came out. I'm still filtering out there like six more shows, but I'm pretty sure I have a... Um, clear idea of what shows I, I want to cover. Definitely I'm going to cover Railgun, Chihaya Fuyu, and Inspector. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm looking at continuing covering of uh, Ezokan, ID Invaded, and there's like a few more, but, you know, by the next episode, I, I will have a better list of what I'll be covering. So, that's it for this week. Uh, I will see everybody in two weeks. Drink responsibly. Stay safe. Stay awesome possum. Alright, peace out my fucking anime kids. <laughs>